0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the RR show. Grab your tea, grab your popcorn. We're just gonna jump straight into it today. This is episode 197. We're going to R slash malicious compliance. And our very first story today is from original tank 5357. You want me to stay in my lane? Ha, you got it, boss. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the era's Tour!
1: Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here
0: know the
1: lyrics? Ruben! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved,
1: we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen The Bride and Groom?
0: Some time ago, I used to work in a medical specialty office, it was ID or infectious disease as a medical assistant. Sidebar, I used to work in the food industry and was always told that I wouldn't ever contribute to society or do anything meaningful with my life. While I absolutely loved working as a chef and baker at the time, I wanted to do more with my life and prove to myself that I'm not as useless as people make me out to be. Not that I believe that for one second, but in my culture, if you aren't a businessman or a doctor, you're lower than everyone else. It's pretty terrible, but that's how the culture is. I now live in the US, and it's been pretty good. Anyway, back to the story. I graduated top 3 in my class and was certified through the AAMA and scored in the 90th percentile, so I knew my stuff. But I've never worked a white-collar job in all my life, so I was afraid that I would seem out of place. I did my externship at this ID clinic in my town and they loved my interpersonal skills. They loved my work and stated that I would be offered a job at the end of my externship. I was elated. I was so happy to have a job secured and have a foot in the door to the medical field. It turns out my blue-collar experience helped me relate with a lot of our patients and they appreciated my work more for it. As my time went on, my experience working in the medical field became less about the money. And more about the people I can help with my direct patient care. They weren't just charts or medical record numbers and diagnoses. They were Jeff, who ran the local farmers market, or Meg, who worked with kids at the Y. I cared for my patients, and our repeats would always look forward to coming back to see me and chat. I loved working with my patients. So at the end of my externship, I was extended an offer of employment for a decent amount of money. It was more than my other classmates who were offered at the practices, but still not a whole lot, and I took it. I was to be the medical assistant in charge of direct patient care. This meant checking in, rooming, dealing with prescriptions, performing and searching for labs, packing wounds, and doing dressing changes. Being officially a part of the office now, I was determined to work my ass off and show myself and my colleagues that I could do it. I continued to do my work and care for patients. However, over time, I would notice certain things that weren't in my job duties that I could do that would help care for the patients. Certain things like calling their doctor for updated orders or checking for records from local hospitals. Also, helping patients find good home health or skilled nursing facilities, things that were generally the medical scheduler's job. This also included looking into insurance coverage, billing and checking referral statuses, referral coordinators, among other things. Doing these tasks meant a bit more work on my end, but also meant the best care that I would offer for my patients. This went on for a year, and my patients were happy and willing to come to appointments. Apparently, not a whole lot of people like to come to a building that has the words infectious disease in big print on its side. Then one day, out of the blue, I'm called into my supervisor. Young naive me, oh great, they see how hard I'm working and I'm finally getting recognised. Maybe they'll promote me to lead. Nope. My boss, Shelly, told me that I'm working too hard and sticking my fingers into too many parts. I asked where this was coming from. She stated that I was staying more than 5 minutes late too many times and it's because I'm doing too much work. She said we can't keep paying you all this overtime. I think I was maybe making 30 minutes overtime at most. She said that's still too much. I'm doing too much work. I was baffled, absolutely stunned, I thought I was doing the practice a service, but she undermined the entirety of the last year's hard work I put in. I was frustrated and a bit upset, but tried my best to remain professional. So I asked her what she would like me to do, and the next words out of her mouth were ones she would come to regret. Well, I see you're doing a lot of tasks that are meant for other positions, maybe you should stop doing those and just stay in your lane. She then proceeded to write me up for trying to abuse the time clock. Insert Jim Carrey. Alrighty then, and cue malicious compliance. I asked her to send me a list of exactly what my job duties are, which she was happy to do. It listed most of what I was originally meant to do, except it didn't include dressing changes and packing wounds. I saw this and immediately knew this would be trouble for my boss. You see, she was the only other medical assistant on our end of the office that was certified to deal with minor wound care and dressings. At that point, since I was the main content for patients, that would fall on her plate. So I told each of my patients that I won't be doing any of that extra work because it's against the practice's wishes, and I was told not to. All of them understood, but it's tough to get patients to keep appointments when things are delayed. Not long after the order was issued, I got my first page for a wound back. Excellent. One thing to note about my boss is that she absolutely abhors feet. And one thing to note about infectious disease clinics is that we dealt with a lot of diabetic foot infections. At least two or three a day. Doc wants to see how it's healing, so he removes the wrap and unpacks the foot. Spent a little extra time with the patient and now has to get to his next appointment. I'm paged by the doc to pack the foot wet to dry. No problem, doc. I'll get Shelly for you. He gives me kind of an odd look, but continues to his next appointment. Shelley gloves up, and as soon as she passes the threshold of the room and notices it's a diabetic foot, is holding back her gags and immediately sweating. I pass by the room and she asks for my help. As calmly as I could, I turned and said, Sorry, boss. Packing wounds isn't on my list. Can't do it. Just staying in my lane. By the way, the 2 o'clock in 3 is a through and through foot infection. Probably should get that packed soon too. I'm glad we were wearing masks because she couldn't see the massive, shit-eating grin I had on my face throughout that whole encounter. She tried to write me up about disobeying superiors, but I'd spoken with my GM and she was behind me. Instead, she ended up getting written up for trying to put wound packs back on my list after she told me I did too much work. She ended up having to do part of the medical scheduler's job, part of the referral coordinator's job, and part of the billing officer's job as she had let go one of our front desk staff because there was not enough work to go around. There was plenty of work. I was doing it. She didn't last long after that, the burnout got her and she stepped down from her supervisor position four months after that. They ended up hiring another super and I left the practice shortly after I got the vid. They told me to come back into work after three days, and I was still very symptomatic, so I told them I wouldn't endanger my patients like that and to shove it. Last I heard, they had an entirely new front office staff, and they're perpetually short-handed. Should've let me drive my own path instead of staying in your silly lanes.
1: Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our
0: next story is from Remote Syllabus 7412 Don't want my help? Sure. Go ahead and get yourself fired. A bit of background. A while back when I was still in high school, I worked at the local cinema to earn a bit of pocket money and experience. I stayed for a couple of years, working weekends when school was in season. I think it was halfway into my second year when the target of this revenge came into the picture. We'll call him Luke. Luke was a new hire and was just learning the ropes. This was common as turnover was high since we were all students. He seemed alright at first, and everyone was nice to him since we were all pretty close and knew one another from school, and we welcomed him in. I don't think even a week passed before the problem started. The first issue I heard of was that Luke was trying to flirt with one of the girls. Thing was, the girl was already in a relationship with one of the other employees, and everyone knew this, including Luke. That didn't stop him though, and eventually the girl told him to his face to cut it out. only got worse from there now i do my best to see the good in people and give them the benefit of the doubt despite what the others were saying i still try to get along with them this unfortunately changed during the first real conversation i had with him we were on a break at the same time and about five of us crowded into the little break room for lunch i forget what exactly we were talking about but i remember it was an uncomfortable topic and luke was using a lot of expletives The break room was not soundproof and there were patrons outside, especially children. I tried to warn him about using that language so loudly, and that he might get in trouble if a customer heard him. Immediately, his attitude toward me changed, and he responded with something along the lines of, I can say what I want. I have the right to free speech. Don't tell me what I can do. What? Sheesh. Alright, chill. I was just concerned, but you do you. A few minutes later, the convo had switched to high school, and Luke was raving about how Caucasians were the majority in all the high schools in our district. Now for my school, this isn't true, as most of the community and students attending were Latino and made up about 70% of our student body. I told him as much. That's not the case for our high school. Uh, yeah it is. Whites the majority everywhere. I have a friend that goes there. I actually go there, it's mostly, why are you talking? Uh, excuse me, who invited you to this conversation? I wasn't talking to you. Who asked? Now, this irritated me. I know it's a joke about looking for who asked, but this was before that became a thing, and I found it extremely rude. But in a moment of clarity, the best comeback came to my mind. Like arguing in the shower by yourself. And to this day, I could only wish to be able to recreate the moment. Smiling. I threw his words right back in his face, free speech. The others at the table were laughing as I threw away the rest of my lunch and left the break room. My heart was beating too fast from the weird adrenaline rush I got, and I spent the rest of my break in the back of concessions until it was time to clock back in. I think that convo was what sparked Luke's hatred of me. Ever since then, he would glare at me whenever I walked by would dump the trash from his bin when we were sweeping the floors for me to pick up, and generally he was just a jerk. His behavior kept getting worse. He would threaten to fight people. He was a short potato of a boy, so no one was really scared, argue, say rude, passive-aggressive, or downright racist things, and was just generally a jerk. At some point during a shift, I wasn't there. He cornered the girl he'd been eyeing, and kept verbally harassing her to the point that she hid in the manager's office where he couldn't get to her. She was a sweet and loyal girl and a friend, and she and her boyfriend could be described with the phrase puppy love and had been together for a long time. The boyfriend, understandably, was angry when she texted the group chat about what had happened and wanted to get Luke fired. However, people were hesitant about this, saying that managers wouldn't want to because he'd claimed discrimination, he was trans, and that he hadn't done anything blatantly wrong. Then another one of the employees Made a suggestion. Luke was incompetent. We all knew this. Why not make the managers see it too? Revenge time. It wasn't hard to do since Luke would tend to shoot himself in the foot. When possible, we'd point him out to managers when reviewing the cameras in the halls about him dumping his trash can when sweeping onto the ground in front of patrons. When he was cursing up a storm during break, a text would be sent and someone would lead a manager to him to be caught. He rarely cleaned up, he was rude, loud, and the incident with the girl didn't help his case. It still wasn't enough, and week after week his name was on the schedule. Then my opportunity came. See, at the cinema there's a position called Point, aka the ticket taker that lets you into the theatre area. It's the second most dreaded position, the first being self-serve cleanup as you have to stand in place and interact with customers at a rapid-fire pace, smiling and listening for theatres to be called at the same time. When the night ends, the last person on point has to close and clean the self-service stations. Today, to my initial dread, Luke and I were both on point. The entire time, Luke would leave his station and pace the lobby, toward me, then back, not even sweeping the ground as he went. He wasn't supposed to leave Point and had to walk around customers to get back to his podium to help them. He was told off by a manager once or twice for this, but he continued his antics anyway. Then, as things slowed down, one of the managers approached me and told me, we were going down to one Point, one person at the centre rather than at both entrances, and that I'd have to explain to Luke how to close Point before I went back to help clean concessions. It had to be this way since I'd already taken the sanitation test and Luke had yet to do so and therefore wasn't allowed behind concessions. When I finished closing my point, I walked over to Luke and told him to move his podium to the center so he could take closing point. He did, though scowling at me. When he was set, I began to explain, So, you'll be closing point tonight. After the last movie starts, you need to go to the- Go away. What? I don't need your help. Don't talk to me but I need to teach you how to close point. I don't care, shut up. I know you don't like me, but this is work. You need to... No, I don't want your help. Shut the hell up. But... Fuck off, don't talk to me. At this point, I was beyond upset. I was furious. I was trying to help, even after how he'd acted. How he'd treated everyone here. I didn't care what he said in the break room, but it shouldn't affect work. This is ridiculous. I must have snapped or something, because... I complied, walking away saying, fine, I don't care, don't ever talk to me again. Hey, I said, me, waving a hand over my shoulder, don't talk to me ever again. I went behind concessions to help, where he couldn't reach me. I don't know when, but I started crying out of frustration and one of my friends came and hugged me, bringing me to a corner to cool down. I don't get angry often, and when I do, it makes me scared. I was just sick of his antics, sick of the way he spoke to me, just sick of his attitude. I'm not sure how long I sat back there, but soon enough, that same friend came and waved me to the front of concessions. I wiped my face and walked out, and he pointed to point. There was Luke being instructed by the manager on how to close point, and the manager did not look happy with him. Arms folded, frowning, flat tone, everything spoke of irritation. My friend said they'd already explained that Luke refused to help when the manager asked what was going on, as point can be seen and heard from almost the entire lobby. Seeing this scene lifted my spirits a bit and I was able to end the night relatively easily. The next weekend when the schedule came out, I didn't even have to check my email. It was posted in the group text, specifically the section with Luke's name. It was blacked out. If he'd quit, his name would have been removed, but the fact it was blacked out meant it was a sudden event. Luke had been fired. I'm not sure what they fired him for anymore, but considering we were always low on staff and they had to worry about discrimination, I'm guessing there were enough complaints that they had to fire him. I'd like to think that last interaction I had with him was the final nail in the coffin, but I was just glad to see him go more than anything. I heard he worked at a common fast food place for a while, but ended up getting McFired from there too. Good luck in life, Luke. You weren't missed. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. That brings us to the close of this episode. I can't wait to see you in the next one. As always, peace out, take care, and I'll see you there.